Interior and lifestyle photographer Adam Grunin is a Stoke Contract based creative with a signature style of storytelling. From a research project that led to his meeting to his ongoing project documenting artists and their creative spaces, this is his Curve Session. Thank you very much for joining me on the podcast, Adam. Thanks for having me. Two years in the making. Second time that we've recorded this now. <laughs> yeah. First time was dreadful. Whatever this ends up like, we're doing it. Yeah, cool. I'm good. Um, but yeah, thank you very much for joining me on the podcast, dude. You're very welcome. Um, what have you gone for drink-wise? I've gone for green tea. Just plain old green tea. Nice. Tetley green tea. What cup's that? This is a Cornishware cup. I think that was the first thing you brought to the studio as well. Yeah, I think it was actually. Yeah, yeah when you started at the studio. Yeah, brought two. Brought two, yeah. Handle was a bit dodgy on one. They were seconds, they're not like the proper ones. No, so. nobody will know. They will <laughs> no one know. Will know. So when we first met, man, let's, let's talk a bit about how we first met. Um, when we first met, I'd just set the studio up. Yeah. And um, you were doing a research project for somebody. Yeah. Uh, and that's basically how you contacted me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to explain a bit about that? What was the research project? I was doing a project with a university I was with them for about maybe two years, like part-time doing research stuff. Yeah. And I got in contact with you and a bunch of other creative people in Stoke to look at the viability of a creative hub of some kind in the city, what that might look like, uh, if it would be Staffordshire, if it would just be Stoke-on-Trent. Just talking to people, seeing what they would like it to look like and you were one of the people I spoke to. Yeah, and I remember the first time you came to the studio, um, it was something that I was interested in. I think I'd set this, I think the studio, we'd set this up about 12 months before. And something like, because I remember there being an open studio here. I think that was the first open studio that yeah, we'd done. Yeah, because it was when you, you just got that space, not this one, like both of them. I remember walking in and being like, oh my God, this is amazing. This is like the first profit photo studio in Stoke because uh, you got it set up do you remember the like oh that was with the, the shelving the room, that you'd got, the room divider thing plants, yeah and you'd yeah. got loads of stuff set up on a product table I think you were shooting a bottle of gin yeah, or, or something gin, like uh, that gin. yeah uh, and I knew you existed then but I didn't really know I'd just come for an open studio they just see what was going on here because I was ever since these have been built I was saying, I'm going to get a studio here. Yeah. I'm going to do this. So I was just having a look around, and then I remembered you for the project. And the, the project, it had to be done in like a, I think it was a two, three month time scale. So it, and there's only a certain amount of budget that mm. you can be afforded to do it. I don't know how many hours, it's maybe a hundred hours or something like that. I was allotted to do it. It might not have even been that much. So I had to kind of cram as much knowledge as I could into a small group of people. So yeah. I think I think maybe I asked maybe 15 to 20 people who I knew had got all different backgrounds and all different times in their careers and just to get an idea of, of what it would be. So you were kind of the only photography, photography studio photographer I contacted. Yeah. And at that stage, with the studio being quite early on, it was like a even though obviously you've got a lot more ex experience like like over 
I'm going to use XP over 10 years, 12 years. At that point, like that. I think now it's 10. We'll get into 11. I think at that point, probably six or seven. Yeah. So that kind of like early mid, you know, mm. like you established, but, but not quite yet at that 10 year point. I think when we first met, which was at that open day, I think that was the first time I'd, I think I'd just left my job at that point. It was like a summer. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I'd just left my full-time job. So that was the first time that I'd publicly gone out there and been like, this is me, this is my studio, it's yeah, a photography yeah. studio. Because it never originally started as a photography studio. It was going to be a higher rental yes, studio. Yes, that was it, yeah, yeah. And then I just quit my job and decided to go full on in full this. On. And then, so we met first time at the open day. And yeah. the second time we met, I remember you coming out to the studio and you brought over some Krispy Kremes. That I was like, it. okay, this dude's yeah. kind of cool. <laughs> and that's when we got talking about the, the research project. Yeah. Um, it always baffled me that you actually wanted to interview me about the research project. Because for me, it was like starting fresh here and I'd gone from being like, fuck, Stoke-on-Trent, I can't be bothered with this place. I'd been to London, Amsterdam, I was working in Birmingham at the time. And then I came back and me setting the studio was my first, I guess, it was the first time I sat down and was like, okay, let's give this place a go. Let's see what I can do in Stoke-on-Trent. Um, mainly due to the, the conversations I had with the, the then called entrepreneurs. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I'd walked down the cultural court and seen everything that was going on, all the cool things that was happening. And do you remember the Lukey Lukey bags? I don't remember. You don't. Them, no. They were like brown paper tissue bags that had poetry from local poets. Oh, that's cool. I like that. Flyers yeah. of everything that was going on. That yeah, was yeah. a part of the cultural bid. Um, so yeah, the, the fact that you even wanted to do that, I was like, man, we've been doing this for like five minutes and yeah. here anyway. Uh, and then getting to sit down and speak with you and listen to about A, what you were looking to achieve with it and B, what the um, what you were trying to do with the, what the, 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 the idea behind the projects was, what, yeah. why you were doing the research. Um, to, so to be involved in that, I was kind of like... It was a really cool project. How it works with that university is it's part of their like enterprise sort of center of the university mm -hmm. and people come in and, and kind of hire a researcher to look at part of their business or an idea that they're looking at. So it can be really varied. That was the closest that I got to like my own background, like as a artist, photographer, that kind of thing and, and yeah. knowing people. Um, and we used a, a methodology called card sorting, which was really interesting. Do you remember those cards that I brought? Yeah. Like, yes, we looked through them and... I forgot we did that. Yeah, that was, a, that was the, like one of the main... It, you can get to... Because everyone has the same cards. And, everyone and has then the you same write cards, down the results of the... And I write down the results of it and then you plot it on a graph and then you look at how often a single card is being drawn the higher numbers must reflect something and then you look at what people have written about that card and you get to see the importance of it. So you can cram in like what might take, say 12 months, just for example, you could probably squeeze that down into a shorter period of time using card sorting in that way. Yeah. Um, it's a really cool methodology. And the guy who I was working with, he was sort of leading the research project, more like a supervisor. 
that's part of, I don't know if he was going for another PhD at the time or he was working with someone to develop the methodology further. Really interesting. I don't know an awful lot about it, but like if anyone listening looks at card sorting, it's a very cool thing. Now that you've said it, I remember doing it. Yeah. It was the first time that had ever happened with me. So what, when it came down to the research project then, so you said you spoke to 15, between 15 and 20 people. It was something like that, yeah. So what was the finding of the research? The finding was that initially an artist got in contact who says, what's the viability of an artist's hub? And I think their idea was it would be a, a center, like it would, so like, like Spode. Yeah. It, would this be the artist's hub? What would it contain? So you can look at things like cockpit arts in London. That's a really good example. Mm -hmm. uh, where else have you got? You, there's, there's loads of places like that. So maybe Eastside Projects, Birmingham, that's quite yeah. a good one. Um, what would that model look like? And about maybe two years before that, I just finished a residency in Nottingham and seen how their kind of artist artist hub, which doesn't really exist, it's more of a network. So I added that to the project as well to see if that was viable here. And the findings pretty much showed that it, it is it is possible in Stoke, yeah. but the only real way it's sustainable is through a network. If it's centralised, then it's really vulnerable to funding shortages, to say like key people in that uh, enterprise leaving, and the whole thing crumbling. And so then, when you talk about it being centralised, what would the, what would that look like in Stoke? Say if it was one. Say if it was Spode, and then all of a sudden, for one reason or another, loads of funding got cut. Everything is feeding off one source, so then everything kind of doesn't get as much. Whereas if it's right, a, okay. if it's a network, then everything is sort of independent but you you work together yeah and that would that suits stoke-on-trent's definitely yeah um, the geography of stoke-on-trent with it being a polycentric city yeah and it the, having six main areas yeah the six towns thing it, that's what makes it a lot different to because i was basing it off the nottingham model yeah so i would say we were probably so was it centralized in nottingham or was it spread out it's spread out so, so it never works with it being centralized no it sort of or more often than not, it works when it is spread out and not centralised. It works more when it's spread out, yeah, because there's no there's no reliability on on one place. Yeah, uh, you can get things like more like hierarchies in single places, and then mm. you maybe get one person at the top, and it, the balance can shift quite a lot. Whereas if it's if it's a network, you have things like studios you have galleries you have universities you have um, links to business you have so many you know you have multiple areas to play with different types of artists can get involved um, it's just a more inclusive open stable way of having that kind of network see we, had, we felt like we had something like that when the cultural bids the city of culture bit yeah, happened and there was that togetherness. It helps because they were all going towards one goal. Yeah. So the network has to be functioning towards an objective. They can all have their own individual objectives and you know work towards own personal goals, but there needs to be maybe like some kind of group project that they can all 
going on together. So yeah. Nottingham was similar to Stoke and that it went for a, a City of Culture bid. I think it was a City of Culture bid with Nottingham. But it, was, it was one bid that unified the city that they were all working towards. That was the thing that, right, okay, all, all those art studios can work towards that, all those galleries can work towards that. And you just get so much more productivity and activity in the area that stuff just happens. Yeah. Feels like we're missing that at the moment. And, and I mean, I guess that's the, the fallout of COVID. Um, we had that prior to 2019. Well, it's changed. United. That's the thing, because like, this study was before, pre-pandemic, yeah. pre-Brexit, pre... You know, it feels like in the last two years, the whole world's completely changed. So it was before, before this. But it doesn't mean that it's not possible. Yeah. Like the, the stuff that happened in Nottingham happened with a very small amount of budget. Um, Terry was a part of that. Terry was a big part Terry of it. Terry, like yeah. if you do talk to Terry at any point, like that's, Terry will tell you far more than I will, probably far more accurately than I will, because <laughs> it was a few years ago I've looked at the study, but he was um, integral within that. And he managed to kind of siphon off a little bit of funding here and there and get the council at the time to just say yes. He wasn't after, after funding or anything like that. He just wanted like, if we do something, will you say yes? Yeah. And they will say, yeah, okay, we'll go along with it. And that was like the real kind of kickstarter to the whole Nottingham Sea. I mean, when I was in Nottingham, it was only a short residency I was there for, but I had an exhibition at the end of it and it tied in with every other open exhibition that was going on in Nottingham. So you get- Did they have like an art map? Yeah, like an art map yeah. kind of thing. So people would walk around to each show. So you knew you were gonna get a a good chunk of people going to your exhibitions because they'd all be going around together. And then, it, I don't know, it just seemed to, to work. You know, it was that whole one objective idea coming in with it. Felt really good. Yeah. I mean, the we recently did the open studios with Akaba and the yeah, turnout that really we had successful. Yeah. was the best in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. And, and the feedback we got was the best. And I feel like, um, for Akava alone, the fact that there was an insane level of togetherness, and that's just 40 something studios all being like, yeah. let's do an open day, let's show everything that's going on in this incredible building. Yeah, yeah. And the vibe was like, I've not felt a vibe like that in a long time. Yeah, it was really good. It was really good. And yeah, it, it's possible for it to happen. Instead, there's absolutely no reason why not. It just needs people. I think it's getting that belief back for people as well. Setting yeah. this up, I never thought this was possible in Stoke. Yeah. The only reason I ever thought this was possible in Stoke, well, the thing that made me think this was possible in Stoke was doing a job in London. And man, I'd be amazed if it wasn't Akiva who ran those studios. The, the very, very similar setup to what we've got here. Yeah. Uh, a place called Biscuit Factory. Oh yeah. I think yeah, it's near yeah. Elephant Castle in London. Yeah. And it was going there and seeing a studio, the exact same square footage of this one set up as a photography rental studio and then accidentally stumbling upon strange enough the only reason i ever knew about these studios was because uh lewis who you've met who works at yeah. amp he um originally viewed that studio oh really because that's yeah. where they were going to set up yeah and it was like wow i've been to somewhere like this in london yeah and stokes got this and then the summer came and the city of culture big came and seen people like rob and tom and yeah. andy cook and people who did Teaspoon and all the dust rising projects that were going on in like um, 
Tunstall Swim, because he did something in Tunstall Swimming Bath. Yeah, that was it, that? yeah, yeah. And like the library and there's a few things like that, yeah. Seeing all that happen was like, oh, actually, we can do this in Stoke-on-Trent. And then since then, and obviously we've worked together a lot, um, working with people like Anna and yeah. working on the campaign we shot for Wedgwood and being like, man, we can do this in Stoke-on-Trent. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's changed my opinion a lot on it and, and setting a business up and seeing that there are people here that are actually willing to do the stuff in Stoke-on-Trent. That was a good thing with Nottingham is that that connection to industry. So artists were using like fabricators in the city and like yeah. maybe connections that you wouldn't have expected. That I mean, it always amazes me what is in Stoke. Like there's anything you need it's probably in Stoke. Yeah. It's either you just don't expect it to be there or, well, yeah, you just don't expect it to be there's there. There's a hell of you know, a lot. There's so much industry like yeah. around here that you don't expect and that like you, you watch certain films, you're like, oh, that, that was made in Stoke. That was made yeah. around here. I mean, there was a, a, I don't know if it was a Hollywood film, but there was like an indie film shot literally on the roof outside. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah. Um, we were talking before about the, the guy in uh, up the road that's got the um, world famous snooker cues yeah. that nobody knows <laughs> that exists. Was it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think around the corner there's a guy that um, restores. I think they're called Rover P3s, like the old police cars from the eighties, <laughs> yeah. and he's the only person in the country, as, as far as I'm aware, that does them. And people buy these old old Rover. I think they're called Rover P3s. Yeah. And he's the only person that knows how to, do, how to do anything with them. There's so much stuff like that in Stoke. So it's, it's totally possible. It's just, it needs people working together. Yeah. Kind of getting on the same page. And it also needs like a stigma of Stoke dropping yeah. as well. So, and that's We've both experienced that though. Totally when experienced we've been that. For jobs. Yeah. That it's, you, people look at you and go, you're probably not capable because that's where your business is. Yeah, it's hard not to listen to them as well. Yeah, Because even is. though you're doing something in Stoke-on-Trent, yeah, yeah. you go, maybe, I can't, because maybe, maybe, it is. Maybe you're right. Yeah, maybe they got a point. Yeah. It's in Stoke-on-Trent, maybe we shouldn't be doing it. Um, you've only got to look at the girls next door with everything yeah. they're doing with the grounds, workshops. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you get people to go to that, and like they'll be in Manchester or somewhere like that, and, and you'll go, oh, that, I wish there was stuff like this going on around us. It always seems like there's stuff going on in Stoke. Yeah. And like, when I first heard that, I was like, oh, that makes me so happy like, to hear someone say that. Because- you, Oh, you've heard people- That people that saying come that. from yeah, yeah. Manchester doing these yeah, workshops yeah. saying that. So we had like this conversation, like, what do you mean? Like, <laughs> like that can't be right. Um, it, it, so, yeah, it's, it is happening, but then you sort of, deny it because you're from here and you're like no it can't be but maybe it is yeah i think the other thing as well is there's no clear um there's no clear place or there's no notice board there's no yeah yeah you yeah. can't go to one place to get one source of information to figure out everything that is going on in stoke-on-trent yeah um that's that one objective thing that like if everyone could just agree right this is the place for this yeah. This is the place for that, like this kind of signposting. And then that makes it a lot more easier. You know, like, it, like there was a place that you just saw everything. Right, great. That's the place that everything goes. We can all, we can all visit that. Yeah. And then no one has to think about running that side of things. 
Because there's been, I know we've both been frustrated in the past. Yeah. Where there's been times where there's been some <laughs> incredible things that have gone on <laughs> and we it. find out about it a week later. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's, um, it's frustrating because you want to support local and you want to support the city. But you don't know it's all. And odd. you're like, man, if, if this was just pushed a little, advertised a little bit better, um, word of mouth was spread just a little bit better, yeah. then when you... It's going to be a long time before we start to not compete, but put, put kind of events on that you would get in like the cultural quarter and not the quarter, northern quarter in yeah. Manchester. Yeah, yeah. But when you go to places like Stockport, we're not far from being able to do the kind of things, the incredible no. things that are going on at Stockport. Um, but yeah, I do feel like we're just missing that common, like you said, that one goal yeah, that idea. Yeah, sort of, of one, one goal. Just everyone can aim for. Everyone can keep their own personal objectives and like say if it's a gallery or if it's a studios, we have our own system, our own kind of this is what we want to achieve as a studio, but we're also a part of the city and the city like is an artist collective. Yeah. Like whether that's art as business, art as a personal practice, art as whatever. We're all kind of linked in some way towards one. Mm. one thing so like a bid of some kind is brilliant for that but it doesn't necessarily have to be that like the you, the people involved in that could still get together and meet yeah and we're missing a good social yeah definitely like a good um i mean there used to be a brilliant one beers and ideas comes to mind yeah, yeah. Um, i've literally just been talking to a friend uh, casey who has introduced me to a guy who does something called uh, uh, draft and draw. We spoke about yeah, it the other yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, with the, the table and the paper and stuff. Yeah. That is a, an incredible incubator for yeah. ideas, getting people to talk, the fact that they'll be a bit pissed and <laughs> let the guard down <laughs> a little bit. Talk a bit more, yeah. Yeah, I know, I'd, I'd find that really <laughs> easy once I've had a few beers. So talking about, going, you mentioned personal practice, so obviously... You did the research project for with Keel, was it? Yeah, it was with Keel. Yeah, um, but you're yeah. also a very talented artist and photographer. <laughs> and it's uh, we've said this before, and I'll say it again. You've got an eye that I wish I had for composition. <laughs> and I look at your image, and I'm like, "Fuck's sake! I wish I'd, I wish I'd taken that image." I'm, I'm like that with most of your imagery. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, I never know what to say. Thanks. <laughs> It seems like it comes so natural to you, man. And I really have to work at that. I really don't have that. I have to spend a lot of time trying to get that. Um, what I seems to, to just naturally just flow for you. So what? talk about your personal practice, man. My personal practice? Oh, it's a difficult one. It used to be... Um, so I used to kind of make very small installations, very small kind of still life things. And the, the purpose of them was to be photographed and the photograph will be the final yeah. showing. Uh, and then and it revolved a lot around authentic and authentic experience. And See, I only found out about this recently. Yeah, you did. When yeah, you were telling yeah, me about yeah. the little, little things yeah, little you've things. done. And I'm like, it's because it, it was very... Uh, like those half and half things you were doing. Yeah, the half and half. Oh, yeah, and the other day when we talked about that. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, dude, I've not seen any of this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> try not to show it anymore I don't feel like my practice is like that anymore I think I got to a point so it was around 
2017, I'd just done a residency at New York Gallery Warsaw, which is an amazing gallery. And Never been to it. It's fantastic. The building is amazing. You'd really like the, yeah. the build. The architecture of it is, is cool. How did you get that? I got that through... So it was through talking. There was... I'd done a residency at Airspace Gallery. That was yeah. the first thing I did after graduating. So that was like 2012, 2013. And then I can't remember if it was the next group of artists in, because that was their first graduate residency. And then they, they carried it on and it's still going now. The, oh, I don't know if it was the, the one after me, a couple after me, there was a girl there, Chloe, and she got an exhibition or she got a residency at New York Gallery Warsaw. And I think a few others went down to go and see it. And I just got talking to the, one of the curators there who was in charge of it, uh, Zoe, absolutely amazing, Zoe Lippett. And she was like, oh, you'd be perfect for this. Cause I'd kind of fallen out of making, I wasn't really doing much with my practice and I needed something to kind of kickstart it again. And so they offered me the residency there. The, the studio space there is amazing. One, it's heated, which is oh, yeah. like a total luxury for an artist studio. It was, it was so warm. It was it's amazing. The one thing artists complain oh, about. Oh, it was brilliant. And then there's a massive window, which was great. There was um, a little toilet around the corner, which was kind of like your own personal toilet, which yeah. again, total luxury. Um, and it was open to the public so people could come in. All so, the time? Yeah. Yeah, as long as oh, whenever okay. you were there, people could come so in. So did it have a similar setup to airspace where that it's airspace is at the bottom of the cultural quarter and people, was it that close to it, high street? Was it on the high street? How was it set It's up? sort of in the town. So it's, I don't know, I don't know Warsaw very well. I don't know if it will be in, if it was classed in a cultural quarter, it was kind of, it was next to the cinema. It was next to so was like next, like shops and that got kind the of thing. Yeah, you got footfall. It was like next to like like retail, and then I think as you walked into town more, that's where they used to have the market. So it was like it. Say it was in the centre of Hanley. Like mm -hmm. it was like that kind of thing. Really impressive building. Um, and the studio place was great. It had a it was just, it was just a white it was a white cube essentially with a big window that looked out onto the, like one of the landings, I think it was like first or second floor. And you got your name, name and vinyl on sick. the window. People kind of got an idea of how long you were gonna be there for. And they come in and part of it was like, you know, you do an artist talk or a workshop or something like that. So I think one of my like lecturers who I used to work with, he brought some students up, spoke with them for a bit, like what they were gonna do after uni. And you just have really interesting conversations with people who yeah. knock on and say, you were brave enough to knock on and be like, because I think it takes some guts to kind of just knock on and say, can I see what you're doing? Did the residency there. It was fantastic. But again, after it, I kind of didn't really make for like... And you were just making that? You, weren't, you hadn't... Were you practising the photography there? Uh, yeah, photography's always been a part of my practice. But... I was kind of doing anything there. It was kind of like free for all. Yeah. Like it was, it revolved figuring a lot. Yeah, out. just figuring it out really. So I was doing a lot of drawing. I was drawing on the walls, which I'd never done before. I'm really not a rule breaker of any kind. So <laughs> even drawing on a wall was a bit like, oh wow, okay. 
So I just drew on the walls. Uh, I made, <laughs> made a weird office chair that I covered in like, um, you can get like marble sticky back plastic that yeah, looks yeah. like marble. So I covered it all in that and it was like this marble chair. And I was playing with oranges, what else? I was just like having like, just a total free for all, doing all that collage stuff as well. And it was based around these interior design books that they got. Uh, what were they called? It's like, I think they're called studio yearbooks, something yeah. like that. They've got a full set of studio yearbooks, which go from like 1900s to about the mid 60s. And they like, they, they show off all the must have items of that year. So they might be like cutlery sets, they might be like uh, office furniture, they might, but like they're all the top, top yeah. that you could get. And it's, it was just beautiful just to see how their design changed throughout every decade. And what did that go up to? Went up to the, I'm sure it was about the mid 60s, something like that. Like Is that why period. you like mid-century so much? <laughs> it might be, yeah. I don't know. I've always liked mid-century. Who doesn't like mid-century? Yeah. It's beautiful. Uh, I was doing a lot of stuff with them and like kind of making these sort of little models, these little collage things. And, and then after it, I found it really difficult to make. So I, I carried on doing some of the collage work, but I didn't, I didn't have a studio and I needed a place to play. That was the, the big thing. Found it really difficult. And again, I stopped making for ages and I sort of needed that time. I got really into gardening and that was kind of where I was putting all that sort of energy. Yeah. And then in the last 12 months, it was like, it gets a bit, a bit much when you don't make, like it gets really depressing and really like, I don't know, I don't want to make it like some sort of like, oh, an artist must make and do all these sort of things like pretentious, but it's just something that you, you feel like you want to do. You have to kind of do it there's in some way. Yeah, there's just it. an urge to do it. So like it kind of got focused towards gardening just so I was doing something. And then recently kind of picked up a, a thing where it's, I just go and chat with artists, chat with people from some kind of creative background, photograph them in their either their homes, their studios. We just have a chat about their work as a way of me sort of finding my own practice. And it's very open project at the minute. Not quite sure what it's gonna be, what it's gonna turn into. But what I've done so far, it's been really interesting, really beneficial for me. And the artists who I've spoken to seem to have got something out of it. Yeah. Like most of them, anyway. Like, like so before people... we talk about who it is that you've actually been and done, because you've done, you've been and shot some incredible people so far. Yeah. How has it been getting back in touch with something that is A, quite open, in a sense there's no, there isn't any, you haven't given yourself any strict barriers. Yeah, so there's no, no timeline. There's no definitive outcome. There's How no... are you finding that getting back into it? Because oh, I know when I've not done stuff and I start to do things again, I'm like, oh yeah, I can do this. Or, yeah. oh, <laughs> yeah. maybe I used to like doing this, Ben. It's, I think my, the issue I had was when I was making sort of in that sort of seven year period post five seven year period whatever it was post uni is that making work got really like a formula yeah so i knew that if i did this and i did that and put these things together then my outcome would be this this yeah and then 
like if I'd sell any work, I knew what would sell. If I needed to enter a competition or something like that, I kind of knew what would get in and stuff that I'd have to say. And it got really boring. <laughs> like, like not that I was dead successful because I wasn't at all. Um, but I knew that kind of, I don't know, you just get a sense of the language, the sort of the things you, you have to, to say and just got a bit fed up of it really because I didn't feel like it was really representing what I was thinking. Yeah. I was doing it more because like, like any artist, if a competition, if there's like, oh, this competition has got money involved. Oh, mate, that's, I, I'm skint. I need like something to keep my practice alive yeah. and to keep it going. So then I just stopped entering these kind of competitions and all this sort of stuff because it was too, it was against what I was about as like an artist and what what my practice was. I was just making stuff like it was like a formula. See, it's completely alien to me because I've never entered any competition. Uh, apart from like Keel. Yeah. It's open like, I, opened that, I, I entered think, that when I was 16, but I've never entered any competitions. I don't so. know what the, the percentage is, but it's, it's, it's a low percentage of what, what I mean, they, so many people enter these things and like go for them, but I don't know, I just kind of got fed up of it. And it, that made me stop making because I wasn't really making, I was just like doing stuff like maths. Like, like yeah. it was like art maths. Um, so it's, it's really nice to be doing something that's totally open that I don't know what it's gonna be. This feels much more like what making should be like. I'm not doing it for any kind of commercial outcome for anything. I think because I'd always had this kind of part commercial side and part practice side, like fine art sort of, I never really know how to say it, contemporary art, fine art, whatever it is, but making for the sake of making mm. rather than for, for it to pay bills or anything like that. See, this is where we're completely opposite. Yeah, because you're commercial side. I'm and commercial <laughs> to the yeah. core. And I really struggle to do things for the sake of making. Yeah. Fine, I find it quite hard to... Um, yeah, anything that's open. So like this podcast, it's taken yeah, so long is... because we've tried, we've spent ages trying to figure out what the hell it's going to be. And yeah. it's a podcast. It could be an event. It could be a social event. It could be, um, I don't know, a show of some sort. Yeah, yeah. It could be, um, we could have a beat poet on here and yeah. I could not even be, and it could just be beat poetry. It could yeah, be a yeah. band. It could be, and I'm like, I need a brief. I need this rule, yeah, it yeah. needs to be this, it needs to be this, it needs to be delivered on this date with this. And I literally, so yeah, I can only look at things in a commercial sense and I have got to somehow train myself or figure out how to um, be bored again and wonder yeah, yeah, again yeah. and just, just do shit, just yeah. make shit. And it probably will be shit, <laughs> but just make stuff again. But that's that's the it's part of it is that it doesn't really matter. Like the it's it's the process. Like whatever happens, like whatever outcome it is, it should really be like a residue of that practice. Yeah. So the it's the practice that's important rather than the final thing. If great, if the final thing's good as well. But it's yeah. you know it's not necessarily that's not the key the key part of it. It's just one part of it. So the first people that you went and the, the first people, yeah, that you shot, 
Yeah. Explain that, because the imagery from it is incredible. <laughs> and it's so weird how the people that you wanted to approach, we were looking at a magazine and we were like, Oh, it was... Wow. So we were looking at Toast magazine and we were looking... I can't think what... It was, a, it was like a model in it. And we were what it was just like it, the vibe was just so good. Like on this that shoot, I, don't, I can't even remember what it was shot for. I think it was just it was their lookbook. Was it wasn't just it? Look it was like an awesome kind of winter lookbook yeah. thing for toast. I think it was amazing. And I was like, oh god, I'd love to photograph a place like that. And then I was, oh, so you'd not seen it before then? No, I'd not seen it before ah, then. Okay, right. Yeah, it was total fluke. Like, so like, that's what makes it even more oh, I didn't like know that. amazing. I thought you'd wanted to see it. And then I was no. like, look at this magazine. And you were like, damn, no. that's the place I want to I shoot. I saw that magazine, looked through it. I was like, that is just the kind of stuff I'd like. I'd love to shoot in a location like this. And then researching for the project, I was just looking for, I didn't want to shoot my friends <laughs> straight away. Cause like a lot of my friends are artists or yeah. designers or, or whatever. And I kind of, I, well, you know how difficult it is <laughs> because it's taken us like two years to do this. Yeah, and it's, multiple attempts. It's hard to do it with, I, I don't know, sometimes, sometimes it's easier, sometimes it's more difficult. I always find it more difficult initially. I prefer to do it like experiment on a stranger. Yeah. <laughs> sort of. So I thought, right, I'm going to find some interesting people, interesting artists. And I just came across this studio the studio VC, and they were based at Farmley Hay. And I just contacted them and said, look, I'm looking at this project. It's, it's, it's open. I was as vague as I've been here about what it's about, because it was, I mean, it was even more vague then. Uh, one of the things which is carried on from it is how the place that you work at affects your work in some way. Yeah. So that's a question that I've asked. I think every artist that I've, I've gone to, I've not gone through many artists yet, but sort of that's, that's been a factor in it. And because they, so if, if anyone doesn't know Farmley Hay, it's a Peter, Peter Worsley, I think that's his name, architect. And it's a, it's a beautiful mid-century home. It's amazing. In West Yorkshire, I think there's a few in the country. I don't think there's, there's very many, but there's a few. And I thought, oh, they're only going to say, the worst they're going to say is no, or just not get back to me. So I'll just send the email out. And the first people contacted, and then within like a few days, they got back to me. I remember. That I remember night. seeing how excited yeah. you were. <laughs> that night, they said like, can we ring you? I was like, yeah, okay. So I gave them my number. We had a chat on the phone. We got on. And I went up to photograph the place. And it was just like a total dream come true. Like, they were amazing. They are like the nicest people. Um... They made me lunch, <laughs> chatted for about... It sounded like you had an incredible day. <laughs> it was day. the best day ever. It was amazing. Um, it was like, I don't know when it was, like August, September last year. It's a beautiful sunny day. And yeah, we chatted for like a couple of hours. And I think because it was the first one I'd done of the project, it made me realise how important the conversation was over the photographs. Like I could have come away from it and not taken a picture and been really satisfied that it kind of fulfilled everything that I needed to in my project. Or within, it feels a bit like in my little project, but so it is a little project, but it's, it was more of a, just what I needed and what, not so much what they needed, but they, they definitely got something out of it because they sort of kept saying how much they enjoyed what we were talking about.
I don't know, I kind of made drawings from it. I've done like little writing things from it, which might go into what the final thing is. But it was all about the conversation. So we chatted for a few hours and then I went, just like left me to it to photograph. <laughs> I didn't think I'd photograph the house. I went there just to photograph them in the studio and ended up photographing How everything. How did you feel photographing somebody's house? It felt really... Because they live there, they live Yeah, they, they live in you know the studio and home are one thing. Did you have to ask them to tidy anything up or clean anything? <laughs> no, or was the intention? I didn't you... want to, like, because I mean it was it was very clean and tidy as it was. The like the photos are as what it was like when I was there. Like there was no staging, no styling, no nothing. Like that was just that was kind of the point of it. Like yeah. I want it to be as far removed from my paid photography work, like commercial, whatever you want to call it, than from my practice. So it was supernatural. It was just as it was, nothing. See, if you look at the imagery, all. you would think it was a paid commercial because the imagery is that good. It was it's just, as though somebody's come in and said, I want to commission you. It would sit very, very well next to that original article <laughs> that we saw from Toast Magazine. It was, it, no one could go wrong photographing that place. It was beautiful. Uh, like they must live very, and maybe they tidied up before I'd come or something, but it was, it, it was just, yeah, it was just pure, oh my, it's like the dream house. It's amazing. It's nice to photograph a home rather than... A stage or a set house or... Yeah. Because we've been to set houses and they're yeah, lifeless yeah. and soulless. It's, it's just different, yeah. Like you sort of, you put the soul in the house when yeah. it's like that kind of thing, whereas the soul was, was, was well and truly already there. Man, when you came back from it, you were buzzing. I was, I've, I've not come down from it since, like... When, see, when you talk about the imagery and everything as well, it's just in it's... driving back because I was I was talking talking to the guy there, and he uh, he was like, "Oh, go go this way back, go through like, the country and stuff." And I like I went back through the Peak District, and oh god, it was the most beautiful night. That just like topped everything off. It was just for this like the project could only go downhill from that point because it was such a good start. Um, yeah, it was amazing. And then since then, I've photographed some really interesting artists. Like, Who else have you photographed? So I photographed uh, Steve Fowler. Um, all in the minute, all local artists really. Like just yeah. kind of stick local. And then I've got a few more that are all about the place um, coming up. It's a bit difficult over winter because yeah. like <laughs> artists are cold in their studios. <laughs> I want them to be a bit more relaxed. Um, but I've done some over winter, some local ones. Steve was amazing. Um, and then, yeah, working with the girls next door, part of their ground project was to photograph some portraits to kind of introduce them as artists. So that kind of tied in nicely with my project. So we yeah. sort of extended what it would have been into like a conversation about the practice. Um, yeah, just some cool Have you people. done Katrina and Dean yet? I've not done, well, because you did that. Uh, that was kind of like something that sparked the project because it was about maybe two, three years ago when they'd first moved into their biggest, well, the space together because Katrina yeah. had a Shawnee's shoot studio. Yeah. Um, so they moved into a much bigger studio. And is it the same size as that one in there, that studio? Their second studio that, yeah. ca that Katrina and Nadine shared is, yeah, they're both the same size. Both the same size. One had better light in the evening. And that was it, yeah. One had better light in the morning. Decent sized studio space and they just needed some imagery for the website. So I went in and shot them for it. 
because you've got an incredible portrait of Katrina. That was in a so that was studio in the space. Yeah. yeah, the one that was taken is the one where both of the girls are together. Like I think they're like leaning against like one of the workbenches. So you're going to be visiting them again for this project with this yeah, project in mind. Definitely, uh, Katrina. Like probably when she gets back from her travels, photograph Katrina because it fits in with ground. And then I've not asked Nadine yet, but I will. I want to ask Nadine. Don't worry, um, I've not asked Nadine. I, if I'm she'll sure be she will yet. say yes because <laughs> like she said yes to the last one. So yeah, hopefully she will. Um, I asked Katrina to be on this, and it's kind of given that it's like Katrina. <laughs> well, it's Nadine. the same both ways, isn't it? It's yeah. like yeah, they'll do it. Yeah, they'll do it. So, um, so yeah, that's cool. Uh, really looking forward to that because. I've known Katrina for like years, but only really since she's been here, kind of, because you see her every day sort yeah. of thing, got, got to be like better friends and stuff. And her practice has changed so much, but because I've been, it's, it'll be the first person who I've kind of, I feel like I already know so much about the practice, mm -hmm. but I can imagine when I talk to her, because when we were in there the other day, we had lunch in there with Katrina and Dina, and she was like, oh, my practice, like, I don't even know yeah. this, like, or it's so different to this. And I'm like, so you don't get that impression when you talk to her? You don't get that impression when you no. talk to her, no. Every artist is the same. Like, yeah. they all, like, sort of, they, it's because it's always in, like, a state of flux, and that's part of the practice. It's not a final outcome. It's a, it's a constant, continuous, moving kind of thing within you that you sort of, you're always finding things out. Mm. Be interesting to see because because you've worked with them. Yeah, like every it's gonna year, be interesting pretty much to, to see to how do something together. Yeah, shoot them again because like when you shot Steve, I'm like, okay, I've not seen that side of Steve. So the Steve one, and I knew everything about amazing. Steve. But then every day I seem to find something new about Steve. Steve is one of the most <laughs> incredible people. You should get Steve on here yeah. actually because he's just his but life. Seeing you photograph him was complete. I was like, fuck, that's a Steve I've not seen. Yeah. So, and I've known, I think I've known Steve for about 12, maybe, maybe two years now, 12 yeah. months, two, 24 months, something like that. And you photographed him in a way that I was like, shit, <laughs> and I wouldn't have seen that. And then, it, that, yeah, I'm, it's going to be interesting to see what you do yeah. with Katrina and Nadine. I think part of that was the, con so the conversation. Will that be his wild studio? Will that be ours, Katrina and Nadine, like separate? Separate. Well, I would like to do them as separate. Yeah, because they all they both have individual practices on their own. Yeah. Like, you know, and, and they are although they they work together and their practices complement each other, they are different processes, different ways of thinking. They are even though they look very similar, they're very different people. Yeah. Like, you know, they they sort of But their practices are Oh, they like go sisters hand in hand. Each other. Yeah. They are literally, yeah, because they are sisters, yeah. yeah. Like literally their practices. Weaving and then the whole natural dyeing of yeah. textiles and Yeah, yeah. But again, it's kind of, it's gone more than that now because like, I look at Katrine now and she's kind of, she does so many workshops. She does like lots of kind of arts facilitating as well. Yeah. So like you could argue that similar to how my practice is going where conversation is, is like a, a tool within it or I don't know, an outcome or something. I can see parts of that in her practice as well. Like an enabler. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting one. It's going to be dead cool. I'm really looking forward yeah. to that one. I can't wait to shoot it. It's always fun shooting them. So. Have you got an end plan with this? Do you, do you Are you planning on doing an exhibition? There's, 
there's no end Because I'd like to see an Adam Green exhibition. <laughs> no, you wouldn't know. <laughs> I've had two two solo shows and they were both pretty average. <laughs> so I don't know. Um, the it's the outcome the outcome again, it's still very open. I don't know what it'll be, but like I was you ages ago, I've always wanted to make a book of some kind. I don't know what yeah. it would be. Um I'll be going on a a little book binding workshop um down in London next month. And I would like to kind of push that further into just seeing what potential that has with it and bring the project that way. It's looking like it will go that way. It feels like the most natural thing for it that to it'll do. That it'll be a finished self Something um, like book. that, yeah. I feel like it would work in sequence. That's, and I think, either film or a book yeah. are the two best things to show a sequence in some kind. So... Yeah, it could be that. It might not be. It'll be a fun day out. So, <laughs> so that's how I'll do that. Um, so yeah, it's still it's dead open. I don't want to like close it in on on anything. Not not yet. It's way too early in doing yeah. it. Like in maybe like twelve months time. So what kind of artists have you got coming up or in mind for it? In mind, I I've started to with the ground stuff. So it's like been venturing into like friend territory so i'll be shooting more friends shooting you at some point on this lovely curve um and see i'm going to be interested in that one. there's no <laughs> yeah. way you can make a decent set of imagery in here i don't believe it just a white space yeah <laughs> i'll I give it a go it. Uh, so we're doing photographing you and we've got some friends up in scotland um, friend in Wales, so the the one in Wales does. There's there's loads of like ceramicists on the list for some reason. Uh, I don't know why. Maybe I just know more ceramicists. Uh, and the the ones in Scotland are it's like design. Uh, they do some architecture. Um, they, they do something with architecture. They've worked with with architects and stuff yeah. like that. And just a whole mix there's some kind of more maybe high profile artists which i would like to contact but i almost feel like i need a bit more of a a little stockpile of artists before i approach something i don't know like man that, that farley hay stuff i, I know that's hate. like it's it, interesting it to see amazing the, it's interesting to see the people that you're photographing so you're photographing ceramicists and you're photographing architects and you've got your daddy works in furlong mills so <laughs> yeah. that's the ceramic sides and you're an architect like you want to be photographing interiors and architecture. Yeah, yeah. So it's really interesting because you're saying there's no... Yeah, and pro probably some like subconscious literally... link that like, yeah. And being in Stoke as well, it's very ceramics heavy still. Man, it'd be interesting, you know, like something that's completely different, like costume design. Or yeah, yeah, something... Like like a tailor, like yeah. that Jolien Beckson that we've seen on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. With I'd like something like that that was, you know, maybe you don't necessarily think of them having a practice. Like it's, it falls into that kind of more commercial territory mm. because you're doing it for a, a different kind of reason, I suppose. But then there must be something within that kind of like, I'm interested in this, if it's costume design, I'm interested in this type of costume yeah. design and, and these are the reasons and this is kind of what I would like to explore in costume design and stuff. So yeah, it's it's open to 
anyone and everyone who makes something or thinks about making something. And it, there's, no, there's no hierarchy in it. It's not like I only want to photograph like major artists or I only want to photograph emerging artists. There's like, there's, there's no... It's got to be something you've seen and that you want to... Yeah, there's, there's no hierarchy. There's no kind of preference. It's literally just, oh, they look interesting. I'll go ask them. Please don't feel like you have to photograph them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have, no, I have to no, photograph them. There's no pressure there. <laughs> you can just be like, dude, you're not involved in, in this and I'll be absolutely fine with that. Yeah, this week Gladly. or next week, that's what it'll be, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this stuff is going to be going, it's currently on your website. It's, How many of them have you got on your website? Or is, is it going on your website? It's just going to be an Instagram thing? I don't or? know what it's, I mean, my website is, is really for like work stuff. Um, I mean, I've put some of the family hay. It's, it's like a because it's incredible. I, because it's just it's too amazing. Say it, man. It's, say it's incredible. It's, the the place is amazing. That's that's what's amazing about it. Uh, and I'm still kind of unsure of the title for it because it's it's still open. I don't want to close it in. So there might be something on there. I don't know. But it, my website is more like work stuff. Um, there might be another website maybe that I make that's maybe practice based but again i'm not like not massively interested in shouting about it showing it or or anything like that like it can be it's good enough that you've just done it it's just about doing it i'm not really interested in like if it comes to being a book then i'll make some of them and yeah i'll probably give a few out i'll probably see it that is something i do want if yeah (laughs) yeah see if anyone wants to buy one that'd be great to kind of cover the cost of it or whatever but it's it's not about that. It's kind of because that feeds into work work. Yeah. You know, it's sort of this other stuff that you explore kind of it's a break, but it's also a food for the rest of your life and, and all that kind of stuff. See, I know you're doing it as a as a way of like reconnecting with your practice and but like when I look at it, I'm like, holy shit, this this has got commerciality written <laughs> all over it like i look at the steve stuff although the only two i've seen so far that yeah, I've edited yeah. is the stuff of steve fowler and then the farmley hay yeah and i look at those two things and i'm like man you put that out there and i am telling you now <laughs> people like um serial magazine kinfolk it would be amazing any people like people, that would yeah. be literally like you you could you could shoot a story for them it looks like you've shot a story for them already <laughs> so when i'm looking at it, i'm like fuck me man the commercial like this is commercial yeah if, if it, it feeds into that, then cool, but it's, it's totally not the intention of it. It's just say for... <laughs> yeah, I say that, but it... <laughs> if uh, Kinfolk or anyone are listening and wants a photography, yeah. Um, no, it's just for just for doing it, and it's kind of... I miss... Because I used to do a bit of teaching and stuff, and I miss talking to artists as well. I miss that kind of whole critique side of it, and yeah. like even like just being a student and stuff, like, I used to love a crit. Like... Kind of see, I hated them, yeah, and it's only now that I've got a bit older that I'm like, fuck, they were actually really good, yeah, yeah. I'd approach them differently now, knowing what I know now, yeah. I wish I had the, the crits, but I never liked them, I never missed them. It's only something that I've never, it. it's something that I don't, I guess, I don't pine for it because I never enjoyed it when we did it, yeah. But now I'm like, oh, it's hard when you're at uni doing it because, like. It's a different vibe. Everyone's like fresh and maybe don't know how to criticize without like hurting someone's feelings. It takes stuff. a while and to just like, like detach from you. You've got to sort of, there's got to be some detachment from it. And 
I didn't kind of understand that it is, it is pretty subjective anyway. So like, <laughs> what someone doesn't like, someone's going to absolutely love. Uh, it's not a, you know, it's not a big deal. I saw something about that the other day. Somebody said if um, if Bob Dylan had gone on X Factor, exactly, yeah, all that sort of, yeah, it would never Dylan. have got anywhere. Yeah, it would never have got anywhere. So it's there isn't an element of that, but yeah, critics got its importance. It's like an art form in itself. You look at like people like the White Pew, like really cool critic. They actually make it cool. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Until we do one. And then <laughs> you'll, you'll find me in a corner crying. <laughs> I say I don't bathe in my work. And then you'll be like, oh, you could have yeah. uh, done this. And I'll be like, what? What? Yeah. So if anyone wants to find your work, where can they find it? What's your, what's your website? Um, AdamGruning.com. G-R-U-N-I-N-G. And uh, Instagram at AdamGruning. That's it. But again, it's probably a bit more, more commercial stuff than... No, you should definitely, stuff, people but, should definitely be checking your shit out. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> well, dude, thank you very much for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. We finally got it done, I hope. Yeah. We're not doing it a third time. No, that'll do. That was, that went all right. Yeah. That was all right, that was it. Cheers for that one. <laughs> Thanks very much, man. You've been listening to Curve Sessions. Thank you. Subscribe for future episodes. For more information, please visit ifsobecausewhy.com forward slash curve sessions.